Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. And off we go with the top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Starting with your injury update for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray and Buda Baker are among nine questionable players for Sunday's game against the L.A. Rams. We found out today Kyler Murray is indeed a game-time decision. Buda Baker, we thought he was going to be out two to three weeks with a high ankle sprain. He's now a game-time decision, questionable for the game after returning to the practice field today. Kyler was also on the practice field today. Yeah, you know, Kyler with the hamstring. We saw that on hard knocks, you know, with the hamstring tweak. Buda Buda's unbelievable. That's a high ankle sprain if he's practicing. It's, it's incredible. I mean, I just can't believe that he would be able to play in this game on Sunday. The two players who have been ruled out, Max Garcia and Rodney Hudson, both obviously on the offensive line, including your starting center in Hudson and a key backup in Max. Questionable for the game. I mentioned Buda. Greg Dortch is questionable. Cody Ford is questionable. Dennis Gardeck, DJ Humphreys, Byron Murphy Jr., Kyler, as I mentioned, Matt Prater is questionable for this game. He did not practice today after being limited throughout the course of the I, week. I just can't believe I think this I'm shocked by the amount of injuries they've had this year. I mean they've been devastated by injuries. I mean I know other teams have had a lot, but I can't even imagine that anybody's lost more games than they have. There's so many key players have not been able to suit up week after week. The injury report is brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. Get boosted. COVID nineteen booster doses are recommended for ages five and older. Find a location near you at azhealth.com gov slash find vaccines. We had Steve Keim on with us earlier for his weekly visit. First question right out of the shoots. How much blame does he take for the three and six starts? Obviously with the injuries and the things that I've talked about before that you cannot use as an excuse. Um, you know, I just, I should have done a better job creating depth and uh, putting a, a better squad together. But I do have faith in the guys and the team and the players in the locker room, our coaching staff, and have that confidence that we can get this um, thing turned around and obviously have enough opportunities to do that. So, But again, I, I certainly hold myself accountable. Well, a, a lot of people wanted to hear that and I think we get a lot of response on social media. You know, I just I should have done a better job. I should have had more depth. I hold myself responsible. You know, it was a very good interview with Steve Kahn. It's very likely we replay that at 5 o'clock if you missed it, but uh, very open about him, with the job he's done, Cliff, the relationship with Michael, and the team going forward. I want to play one more from Kahn about Cliff. I mean, I think Cliff has, you know, done everything he can in his power, and I think at times, you know, there, we've had enough meetings, we've had enough internal discussions that you see the, the film and the different things that are taught and the mistakes that are made, and I, I feel confident that our coaching staff is doing a good job of trying to get, put these guys in positions to succeed. At the end of the day, we know that they have to execute, and, um, you know, we just haven't executed it good enough, and for whatever reason that is, I can't put my finger on, but, you know, it's something that we're certainly working on every day and is at the top of our list to, to fix. Again, Gambo mentioned a replay of that coming up at 5 o'clock. The L.A. Rams, the team the Cardinals are playing on Sunday, they have an important injury issue as well. Quarterback Matthew Stafford's going to be a game-time decision. Stafford is progressing through concussion protocol. We might have to wait and see until Sunday whether he plays or not. Yes, McVay told reporters today that he's making good progress. So um, we'll see what that means, but they're ready to go with Walford if 
they have to. Yep. Also today from the NFL, the L.A. Chargers waived former first-round pick Jerry Tillery, a defensive lineman. Yes? No? No. No. Don't feel the reaper. Not a player that the Cardinals have any interest in. But every time somebody gets released, I get asked about it all the time. He's a former first-rounder, but not a guy the Cardinals are looking at. And then one other quick note from the Cardinals. Michael Dogby did clear waivers. Yes, they did clear waivers. I reported that a short time ago, and the Cardinals are expected to sign him to the practice squad from what I'm hearing. Josh Allen did not practice again today. It is looking unlikely for him to play Sunday as the Bills take on the Vikings. Head coach Sean McDermott called it day-to-day, hour-to-hour. Case Keenum would start if he can't go. And then Thursday night football last night, Carolina staying alive in that wretched NFC South. They beat beat Atlanta 25-15. The Carolina Panthers are still very much in that division, as crazy as it might be. You know, at this point, I just want to see somebody with a losing record win that division. At this point, I think 7-10 and might get in. I swear I think 7-10 might get in in that division. I think that somebody's going to go on a little bit of a straight. The Bucs are somebody. Suns take on the Orlando Magic today at 5. Now, both teams are going to be shorthanded. Landry Shamit is out dealing with concussion symptoms. Chris Paul, it was just announced 45 minutes ago, remains out. We've also got Paolo Bonchero. He will not play. He, too, has been ruled out for the Magic with an ankle injury. 5 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Definitely a guy I wanted to see, Bonchero, with the way he's played. It's a young team. It's a young team, but they're exciting. they got some very good players. I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with down the road, but a very young team for the Suns to take on. Hot stove league stuff and third baseman Evan Longoria in a report according to Nick Pecoro of AZ Central. He became a free agent Thursday after the Giants chose not to exercise a club option on him. Nick suggests that might be a player on the Diamondbacks list if they're looking to add a little right-handed power to yeah, their lineup. You know, they, they're very, they need to balance out the lineup. We talked so much about all the outfielders that they have all left-handed hitters except for uh, for Stone. So to have uh, all those lefties, you want to get some righties in the lineup. You know, Longoria it would be a one-year quick fix. You don't have to pay him a lot of money. Take a DH and he could play some third base. Um, and, I, and he wants to be here. So it's definitely a guy that makes a lot of sense to me. He's expressed an interest for playing in Arizona given that he has a home here. He's 37 years old. Uh, three-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner. Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw nearing agreement on a one-year deal that would bring him back for his 16th season wow. in wow. Dodger Blue. Yeah, about the same about the same amount of money, about $17 million and uh, just give him another chance. He's got that one World Series championship but trying to get another one. Everything on the line for ASU football Saturday. Everything. Currently 3-6, and 2-4 and four in the conference. They need to win out. That includes games at Washington State on Saturday, home against Oregon State, and then at U of A for them to be bowl eligible. Yeah, tough place to play. That's a tough place to play, and they've got a pretty good defense, so it'll be an interesting game. But uh, Trenton Bourget has been fantastic for ASU. He's really got that offense moving. They've got some good tight end play lately. They've been throwing a ball a lot to their tight ends. They've got a good receiver to Elijah Baylor, a great a Badger, a good running back at Halliday, so that they have the they have the offense that can put some points on the board against Oftentimes, them. Oftentimes this time of year, weather is an issue in Pullman, Washington. Not it this shouldn't week, right? be on Saturday. Partly cloudy, a high of 39. It's going to be chilly, but it's not going to be wet or windy or anything like that. ASU men's basketball got a win against the NAU Lumberjacks last night, 84-68 so far Ooh, on the season. Yeah! And by the way, Lumber uh, Joke's going down. Uh, extra props to our own Mitch Farrell, this our fine producer. He's going to be filling in on Sun Devil football pre, halftime, and post-game shows for the remainder of the season. Look at you. Look at you. The kids are all grown up now. Kickoff tomorrow is at 1.30. Mitch will be on at... What time, Mitch? Give me time. What do you got? at 11. 11 o'clock. Mitch will be on with tomorrow's pre-game show. Carl
Carl Vemelka, 24 saves, his first shutout of the season. Coyotes beat the Islanders 2-0 last night. They're playing really well right now, Gambo. It's a three in a row? So much for that trying to lose thing so far. Yeah, it's three in a row. They've played really well to start yeah, the yeah. season. You know, b- b- between Bill Armstrong and Danny, Danny Ainge, these guys are not doing a very good job of doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Tank for Bedard. Didn't they get the memo, for goodness sakes? Yeah, Apparently I don't think not. they did. And the Tempe City Council decided last night to set the proposed arena and entertainment district for a public vote on May 16th, 2023. Ooh. Now, they still have other things they need to approve before it even gets there, but they certainly... It's like getting a save-the-date in the mail. They're, they're saving that date for a vote, uh, for a referendum on whether it's going to get approved or not. It doesn't mean there's going to be one for sure. It just means that date has been set aside in case they do need one. Yeah, and I think that was a, that was always a fear that it would go to a public vote because you know, you've know got so many people that just are going to vote no. So now it's about messaging. The Coyotes have to get that message out to kind of prove to the people at Tempe that that project is worth it. That is our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, Suns, Magic, and the road trip that continues. That game is just an hour away, under an hour away from starting. A lot of injuries. Do the Suns still have the advantage over a young, scrappy Orlando team? We'll talk about that coming up on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. You think Elton's going to play this one? That's not Elton John. That's Chicago. I know. That's Chicago. I know. I was just kidding. Um, here's another element about tonight's game. And I, I don't remember bringing this up last year when the Suns played Orlando. But our friends over at Brightside brought this up. We're less than an hour away from the Suns and the Magic. This is where it all started. The bubble. Orlando is where it all started. The bubble for the Suns. In a, in a, That's good times. We still haven't paid off that bet we lost to Espo. Oh, That's two yeah. years of not paying off a bet. Ugh, feel terrible. Which, by he the way, he actually predicted that they were going to go undefeated in the bubble, didn't he? Do we? Uh, he did. He did. He would remind us via Twitter every mm. single day. We still owe him. Yeah, we owe him a nice meal. Does anybody? I still owe Eric a lunch. I bought you lunch the other day. You bought me lunch. You sold me a coffee. But Willie's Taco Shop. I took you to Willie's Taco yeah, Shop. So and I bought you lunch. A coffee, there. but we're good there. I still owe Eric lunch. I think so. I thought there was a couple bets going around, but I'm not sure. What exactly? It was. No, I owe you a bet from. Uh, I was some game where I'm like, oh I, wait, Yankees. Oh, Astros. Yankees. Oh, he suckered you. Yeah. Oh, he totally suckered. Yeah, he suckered you into that. that I'm like, you know what? Starving college kid. I'll. I'll. Right. I need it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. So yeah, we owe Espo lunch, but that is. You know, I don't know if we think of it that way because you're not obviously playing in the same arena that you played when you played those bubble games. But that's no, it's just where it, it it's, started. It's, just, it's, it's really where, where it started. The Suns have been a, a a they're a brand now. They're popular. They're fun. I mean, the the new city edition jerseys are coming out soon. They look fantastic. The by the way, oh ones. my god, they okay. look great. I swear. Normally, I'd look at that and go, "Ugh, yeah." I loved them. Okay, so I thought they were really cool. So I showed it to my kid. He was like, "Oh, that's sick!" Like he loved it. I'm like, "Now I'm gonna have to buy one for him." So <laughs> he absolutely loved the New Jersey. But you go back and again. I mean, I, I give so much credit to the three of the guys that aren't here anymore: and Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines, and Kelly Oubre. They were a big part of helping the Suns be respectable. And you had to start somewhere, right? The fact that they went from not, you know, from getting in the bubble to the NBA Finals. They took this big leap. But it really was the bubble where you, where, you, where you realized that, you know what? 
They're not so bad. Like they're the Suns were pre- the fact that they even got in the bubble was remarkable because they didn't have a great year, but at least that year they were they were kind of respectable. Yes, they they were. were they would win some games. They were, they weren't going to have a winning record or anything, but they got invited to the bubble. But those three guys, Aaron Baines, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, I, I do I give them a lot of credit for helping the Suns get to that first point. Now they made the big jump. They went from being really bad to being respectable to being really good really quickly yeah. really quickly so they didn't hang out in purgatory of mediocrity for a long period of time they got right into being really good they went out and they got Chris Paul they didn't have Chris Paul in the bubble but I think that that bubble run and the success that they had I think that opened the doors for them to go get Chris Paul and to go get Jay Crowder and to be a team that that, that people wanted to come be a part of tell you who else is owed a share of the credit for that yeah Zion Williamson Zion Williamson is absolutely owed a share of the credit because no Zion and the NBA doesn't expand the rules for who gets invited so to the bubble. they did it to get Zion in. Yeah. thousand yep. percent. Yeah. Thank you, Zion. But I remember players tweeting me, not tweeting me, sending me messages on you know, on my phone. Here's what the breakfast looks like. Here's oh, what yeah. the lunch looks like. Here's where we can go. Here's, Here's what we can, can go. Here's yeah. what, you know, like yeah. just every because that was it. They, you know, the NBA was able to put that thing together in a bubble. They made it survive. The Suns went, you know, undefeated. They just missed the playoffs. I'll never forget this. Right? They missed. Karis Levert missed a jump shot for the Nets that would have against Portland. And if he had made the jump shot, the Suns would have been in the playoffs. No doubt. I I, I learned to love being a basketball fan. Again that night, Not, I mean the well, bubble, that's a great the, point. The bubble that run great was great, point. but that game between Portland and Brooklyn yeah. was like. Now I remember why I love something this game so rock, much. Watch something to root for. I mean, it's just I was so emotionally invested in that we game, all were. and it just like woke up the sleeping giant inside of me of being an NBA fan. Yeah. It's only like now I remember why I love this game. Damn, that was great. And Portland, like the Nets it sucked had, that they lost, the but it was had, great. The Nets had no reason to play, and they said we're going to play. We're going to play hard. Yeah. They gave Portland a run for their money and almost pulled the damn game out. A yeah. Harris Levert jump shot away. If that would have went in, the Suns would have been in the playoffs. Yep, it totally was. Woke up the NBA fan inside of me again that night because it had been dormant for years and years and years. All right, so enough waxing poetic about Orlando. Let's talk about the actual game tonight. No Chris Paul. He was ruled out about an hour and a half ago. He will not officially play with the heel injury. No Landry Shamit. He won't play. He's in the NBA's version of concussion protocol. Best we can tell what that means, probably Dwayne Washington Jr. is your backup point guard tonight going into this game. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I think you are too. There's no reason reason to push Chris Paul back for a mid-November game against nope. the Orlando Magic. Nope, None not at whatsoever. all. I mean, this is a little bit different than, you know, Buda Baker trying to play for the Cardinals, you know, this week. I mean, it is. It's definitely a little bit different. I get it. Listen, they... They, they, Cameron, Cameron Payne, who, who played an absolutely brilliant game the other night against Minnesota. I mean, he, he was, he was dynamic. He was great. Um, he had 12 starts last year. He played 35 minutes in that game. So you could look at Cameron Payne and say, okay, maybe he doesn't give you 35, but, you know, maybe he gives you 32, 33. So, you know, he, what are you talking about? 15 minutes out of somebody else. Book can handle the point guard spot. If Dwayne Washington plays a few minutes. And the one interesting thing, about this team is ever so you got 
kind of room. You can run a lot of the offense through a lot of different guys on this team because they're a very good passing team. You could, I mean, you could you could run the offense through Dario because Dario's a dynamic passer for a big guy. So there are several players on this team that you could actually run that offense through. So having not having Chris Paul and Landry Shamit tonight is not the end of That's the world. A, it's a really good point, and I think it was something that was lost a little bit from the Minnesota game a couple of nights ago. As a team, all right, forget the starting backcourt. As a team, the Suns had 32 assists and just 11 turnovers. There is... A, a system element to the Suns and how they run their offense that isn't just dependent on one guy or two guys, right? It's just kind of how they're constructed and what they're all about. So, especially if you want to run. So if you want to play half yeah. court, if you want to play slow down half court, but now, but look at the tempo they played at. When you get to tempo, it's like, look, I grabbed this rebound. I'm going to give it to the closest guy to me. We're going to run. Like that, I, I, Dario ignited some plays on that. I mean, you get the rebound, you give it off, and you go. You can give the ball to McHale. You you can give the ball to Payne. You can give the ball to just about you know anybody. I mean, you can give the ball to Damian Lee. Like he can take the ball up the court. So it's not like you're limited if you want to play a fast if you want to play a fast paced style. I think you're limited more if it's a playoff game and you play in half oh, court sure, and you sure. got to do it that way. That's a totally different deal. Now for the Magic, a little disappointing. I wanted to see him play, and I, I can see him play whenever I want. But Paulo Banchero is not going to play. Ankle injury is going to keep him out. Now that being said, for a three and nine basketball. Team, Team, which is what Orlando is. There's a lot of fun young pieces on oh, this team. So many. They're a bunch of kids, man. The, the average age on that team is 21 years of age. <laughs> They're big. They're, They're kind big. of so there's a lot of size on the team, yep. right? They they tons of size. Even in the backcourt, there's their backcourt is huge with Wagner and Jalen Suggs. It's a very big team to contend with. It just hasn't really gelled all that well because they're a bunch of kids, you know? Yeah. No, I, I really like Suggs. I, he was such a great player in college for Gonzaga. I kind of wanted him to win the championship that year, and they lost in the in the championship game. But I was a fan of his. I, I think he's very dynamic, very talented, and skilled. The, the, the Wagner kid has been, wow, like he has just really played well these last couple of games. So, you know, he's been on he's been on fire. So, and then at the Chimeo Keiki, he, he shut down Luca. They put him on Luca. Luca was 9 for 29 from the field. And, you know, he got up on him. So, you know, he, so he's a town. So you try to develop these, you know, the defensive mind is mighty guy. But Franz Wagner, month of November, 23 points, 5.6 assists. He's shooting 57% from the field. They definitely have size. He's 6'10". He's a 6'10 shooting guard. And then you got Jalen Suggs. He's 6'5". And then you got, you know, uh, Carter's big and Bowles big. And it just, you know, they just, they got good size and they got good talent and skill. The problem is that just, they, they haven't really learned how to play defense yet. So, you know, they, they can give up a lot of points because they just really haven't learned to play as a team defensively. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, and again, that game tips off at 5 o'clock. You'll hear it on ESPN 620. Now, from the Cardinals perspective, what are the keys to the game coming up against the Rams in what is kind of the last final true stand this team could make this season? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Saturday night. Friday night. 
night's all right for fighting, too. Mm. I'll fight any night. <laughs> no, you won't. You sounded like the fakest tough guy of all time when you yeah. said that. I'll fight any night. Hey, that's better. Yeah, you got to get the oomph to your voice. Uh, Elton John, tonight, tomorrow at yeah. uh, Chase Field. Uh, we'll both be there tomorrow. Uh, not together. We're not going together, but I'm sure we'll bump into each other at some point. We'll try to anyway. A little Crocodile Rock. Crocodile yes. Rock's one of my favorite. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear that Love one. Crocodile Rock. Your song. Love your song. Love Rocket Man. Tiny Dancer. Big fan of Tiny Dancer. We'll get that one. Um, God, every single we'll get this so many one. Hits. He's loaded with the hits. Yep. So we're sprinkling in some Elton every now and then here. I also need to sprinkle in our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn it over to the man, Eric Ruby, here on this Friday. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. What you got for us today, Rubes? It's a football Friday classic, but again, it's a must win game for the Cardinals going up against a Rams team. Not looking like their Super Bowl selves of last season. So who wins and by how much Cardinals or Rams Rams by a little. Rams by a little. Yeah, same thing. I don't think that their offense is very good. So they'll, they'll, I think that they'll win, but by a little. I think the one unit that has a clear advantage over the other in this game is the Rams defense against the Cardinals offense. I, I'm Aaron Donald against that line, the way it's constructed right now. Look out, man. Look out. So, yeah, Rams by a little. Yeah, this one, uh, not Rams by a little leading. That's in second. In first place, there's no faith in the Valley. It's Rams by a lot. That's two plus touchdowns. 43.1%, 33% going Rams by a little, 19% going cards by a little, and 4.1% going up from last time is cards by a lot. All right, and you got another one for us, or are we just going with the one right now? We can do a little Buddha Baker talk. Obviously, he's going to try his best to get back out on the field after dealing with a high ankle sprain, but... What? Do you want him to push it? You think you need him for a must-win game, or do you want him to not risk it? You know, it's it's a tough answer because to me, I, in an injury like this, I take I take the decision away from Buddha, and I take it away from Cliff, and I put it on my medical staff. You tell me. <laughs> That's why you're here. Can he play and not re-injure this, or can he do more damage if he plays? Or is it like, I want to know from my medical staff, what do you think? Because you're going to make, ultimately make the decision for me. I'm not risking Buddha's health for, for this game. Yeah, I, I think I, and Gambo's not wrong. I, I think if the doctors, if the doctors come to me and say there's very little risk, he's going to suffer a significant injury by re-injuring it or, or making it worse, then I play him. This is your, this is your whole season right here in this game. I mean, this one, you could debate whether last weekend was. There's no debating this one. You lose this one, and that is it overdone goodbye. And, and so I think for the Cardinals, they're going to want Buddha out there as long as the doctors say he's not at risk for greater long-term injury by playing. So, yeah, play him. It's a must-win game, but 62% do not want to risk it with the heart and soul of the Arizona Cardinals, meaning 38% are wanting Buddha to push through and play. All right. Those are the poll questions. You can find them on the Burns in Gambo Twitter page. At Burns in Gambo is where you can find it. Key matchups, reasons why the Rams are going to win, reasons why the Cardinals could win.
Quinn uh, looking at this game from all different angles. And, and I, I continue to believe, and this is one of the reasons in the story that you sent me earlier today, why I think the Rams will win this football game is their defense. It doesn't have anything to do with their quarterback. It doesn't have anything to do with Matthew Stafford or John Walford or whether they overuse Cooper Cup. Defensively, they are still very much getting the job done. And I just don't think the Cardinals, especially on the line, are equipped to deal with the Rams yeah. defense. And we'll start with that. What are the things they say the Rams will win? The ability to run the ball against the Cardinals. Says it back in week three, the Rams were able to rush for 100 yards on 20 attempts, which resulted in a season high in yards per carry. So they had success running the football against the Arizona Cardinals. Both of their touchdowns in that game came from the ground game. And it was the first game in Stafford's time as a Ram, which he didn't even throw a touchdown pass. So they won without a touchdown pass from Stafford and by running the ball. We know the Rams are not a good team at running. Will they have success running against the Cardinals? Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to. I, I, I think that's going to continue to struggle for them because their offensive line is just as big of a train wreck, but, but not because the Cardinals' defense is great at it. Um, reason number two, the one I brought up just a second ago, defense continues to be the strength of the team. Take away the offensive and special teams turnovers that lead to points, and they're giving up about 18 points per game. They're really good, and I just don't know if the Cardinals are equipped to deal with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and and Bobby Wagner and all the all the talented individual players the Rams have right now. No, this, there's no question. They can get after it. I mean, they only gave up 16 points to the Bucks. They gave up 10 points to Carolina, 22 to the Cowboys, who have a good team. Um, you know, they only 12 to Arizona when they played them, uh, you know, and they, they did give up, uh, you know, 31 when they lost to the 49ers a couple of weeks ago. So, but that was, you know, that was McCaffrey was just, they couldn't, they had no answer for McCaffrey. Remember, that was the game McCaffrey threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown, kicked four field goals, forced a safety. No, he didn't really do those things, but he did a lot of things. I mean, he did, he did run for a touchdown, <laughs> pass for a touchdown, and, uh, and catch a touchdown. I, at some point, I figured you were just making it up. I just wasn't sure you where you started. Sure yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure no. where you started. He did not like, kick four field he's, goals. He's, he's making stuff up at this safety. point. Then the other one is Jalen Ramsey. Now, he's individually a great player. He typically does not follow individual receivers around. I have to imagine, though, we're going to see him on D-Hop a lot. I was reading a story out of L.A. today that the Rams typically don't have Ramsey shadow the opposing team's number one wide receiver. I would think, I don't know if they full-on change that, but I would think just through the sheer matchups that you're going to see Jalen Ramsey on D-Hop a lot. Unless they watched Hard Knocks and realize that Kylo doesn't see who's open. <laughs> then, you know, like, we don't have to do that. Maybe. After watching the sideline, dude, I was wide open. I didn't see you. Come to, to blank down. No, I, you know, Ramsey's a dominant player. And, you know, he's got good size and he's physical. And so you would imagine that he, he, at the very least he'll see Hoppe quite, quite a bit in that game. I would tend to think so. Uh, I would tend to th- And then, then there are other matchups as well that when you look at this game from the other, you, you talk about, you know, running running the ball. I, I don't know why. The, I mean, I get the success they had a few weeks ago against the Cards. I don't know why they would think they'd be able to run the ball, man. They, they, they're, they're one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. It's a miracle. They actually had success against the Cardinals rushing the football. I know that because you know I was just looking at that rant, the, the 49ers game and it was only 14-10 at the half and the Rams were ahead 14-10. And then it was it was 17-14 going into the fourth quarter. So even though you see 31-14, you think the 49ers blew them out. It was a it was a it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter. 
the Rams, 21 carries for 56 yards against the 49ers. 2.7 yards per carry. Like, they're not, like, they're not good at running the football. They're not. So it was surprising when you go back to that Cardinals game. You're like, man, what did they, why did they run the, the ball so well against the Cardinals? And they did. They rushed for 100 yards as a team in that game. Uh, Cam Akers had 61 yards on 12 carries, 5.1 yards. Henderson had 17 carries. Uh, now, Cooper Cup, this helped. Cooper Cup had one carry for 20 yards. That counts in the total. Oh, that does help. There was that. I remember it. It was the reverse. That's right. Yeah, the reverse. That, so there was that reverse that to Cooper the Cup. A little excuse bit. the records. If yeah, you take that the out, if they would have had the Rams yards. running backs. It's not very good. Look, right. here's the other thing. And this isn't in any of the stories. This is just kind of something off the top of my head. I'm picking the Rams to win on Sunday because both of these teams know that a loss pretty much ends their season. For the most part. This is do or die must win territory for both of these teams. The Cardinals don't have a great history in those games under Cliff. The Cardinals don't have a great history against the Rams in general. Right, against McVay, against the Rams, sure. Okay, so there's that. But just the Cardinals in games where it's like, hey, win or else, you know? Backs against, yeah. The the Cardinals do not have a good... We talked about this last week against Seattle. You know, we we, 0-5 last year in games, or 0-5 over the last two years where you could have clinched a playoff spot with a win. The loss last year in the playoffs, when the Cardinals absolutely positively have to have a win under Cliff, they usually don't get it. This is a game where they absolutely have to have a win. It's done if they don't. They're just not good in those situations. What if they, just, what if they play loose? What if they look, man, everybody, no, nobody's count. We're done. Like, we're, we're, we're toast. They just, what if they just, what if they just play? Now, that's the one reason I could give them to win is just, man, everybody just relaxes. They play loose and just go out there and just have some fun, man. Yeah. Just, you know, because they just haven't had that. And, you know, they, they put so much emphasis on the Seattle game. You know that. We saw that from Hard Knocks. 100%. Like, I don't think you could do that again. I don't think you can come back in here and say, here's the deal. If we win this, like you did it last week. You ratcheted it so tight last week. You don't get to do that again. Can you ratchet it that tight again? Will your players respond to that? Or or do you have to loosen up the lug nuts a little bit? I don't know. But I just, in those moments, in those games, the Cardinals haven't been very good. They just, the the, the last couple years, they haven't. When we come back, are we nearing the end of an era in the NBA? Not of an individual era, but of something bigger than that. We'll tell you what we mean next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. The uh, co-headline of the story just says it all, and I think we can just have a conversation just jump-started by this. Quote, in the summer of 2019, The Lakers, Clippers, and Nets all made blockbuster moves to pair superstar duos. Just over three years later, each team is struggling to scrape by. I was fascinated by this. What happened, and what does it mean for the future of team building? I I was fascinated by... Where'd you get this story from? The Ringer. The the Ringer.com. They they, they do such a good job covering the NBA. It doesn't surprise me. They do. And it just really, you know, goes to, you know, three weeks into this season, the only thing a a super team has given its fan base is an ulcer. 
Uh, it says, three years after the historic offseason, I brought Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George to the Lakers, Kevin Durant and Kyrie to, to Brooklyn. The Lakers and Clippers have the league's two worst offenses, and the Nets are so to- toxic, they need to be talked out of decisions that are literally offensive. Lakers are tied for the fewest wins in the league. The Nets can't crack the playing field, and yet it's the Clippers that are respectable 7-5, and five, gripping the steering wheel tight with both hands as they wait out another injury absence from Kawhi Leonard. Hmm. Man. Now, one of the things, the, the chart in the story was fascinating. Big-time players miss big-time games. Since 2019, Kevin Durant has missed 57% of his team's games. 57%. So 2019, so more than half, okay? Yeah. Uh, he's missed 136 games. 57%. Kawhi Leonard's missed 53%. 127 games. Anthony Davis has missed 88 games. 37%. And it talks Paul George has missed 40%. Kyrie Irving's missed 53%. Now, Kyrie, a little bit different because it wasn't the injuries as much. Right. But for Kevin Durant, I mean, that's why you like, there is a huge part of me. And I know so many fans would, if I, if I said to you right now, Suns can get Kevin Durant, they got to give up this, this, and this, and the draft picks, they'd be like, get him. I want the championship. You're starving for it. I know you're starving for a title. You're starving for it. And it probably helps window number one quite a bit. But the the risk factor of this guy being injured again. Sure. Can you imagine oh, the yeah. Suns trading for Kevin Durant and then he gets injured and he's got to miss and like and there it is. Of, you're gone. Of course. Now you're hurt window number two because you just traded all your draft picks for a guy that is I mean, how old's Durant now? He's thirty four. Is he gonna be thirty? I think he's thirty four. Thirty three or thirty four. I think he's at least thirty four. So he's thirty four years old. Man, he's been in this league for a long time. He's missing a lot of games now. I know he's a great player. And and I was I, I there was a part of me that wanted to trade at one point too. But I think now I, I and I know like this year's a great year to go for it, right? Because the Lakers aren't good and the Clippers aren't that good and the Warriors are having problems and man, this might be your year to go get it. So the argument to get Durant to me is that Man, the West is not that good. No. It's not that good. Utah Jazz are the top team in the West right now. I know we've only played 10% of the season, but Utah Jazz, Portland's number two. Right, but going in, we're like, ah, the Suns will probably be the fourth seed this year because, you know, Kawhi's back and the Warriors are good and and uh, and and Murray's back with Denver and Zion's back with New Orleans and, ah, it's just going to be a juggernaut. And right now, it's not. No. It's not. So the, the argument to get Durant would be that. The argument against it is he's 34, he misses a lot of games, and it would really take away from window number two, which is after Chris Paul is gone, when you've got Book and DA and Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Yeah, look, there's risk. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there isn't. If the Suns hypothetically were to make a move for Kevin Durant, I would celebrate it because I'm all about window number one and less about window number two. You know, I'm all about going for it right now. And if you don't get it, at least you can look yourself and look your fan base in the eyes and say we did absolutely everything we could to win it. But to sit here and say that there's no risk involved with that would be naive, dumb. I, of course there's risk involved with that. I This story, I liked it. I, I think... I still think, and maybe I'm I'm grasping for straws here. I still think the Kawhi Paul George thing will be a thing. 
I really do. I think it's just going to take a while to get there. You know, like it's it's it took longer to get there than I thought because Kawhi's still dealing with the knee pain. I still think those two are going to be good together, and I'm scared of those two together. Look, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Anthony Davis, you mentioned it. How often? How many games he's missed? He, it's always dependent on his health, right? Like some of these superstars that are being paired together, they're just a natural risk. Anthony Davis and his injuries, Kyrie Irving and himself. Okay, but the first superstar team was, you know, that that was put together, you know, by the players was LeBron and Bosh and D Wade. A bunch of guys in their prime. In their prime. A bunch of guys in their prime. In their prime. In their absolute, yep. the, the peak of their powers. I mean, you remember how good Chris Bosh was with Toronto? Oh, yeah. So he went to the, he took a, he was third fiddle on that team and he took that role. Uh-huh. But he was a great player with Toronto. Yeah, now look, if Anthony Davis is healthy, he's still in his prime. He's never healthy. If Kyrie Irving was available, he's still in his prime. He's never available. Kevin Durant, he's still a really good player. He's not in his prime anymore. LeBron is still an outstanding player. And I would take LeBron on the Suns right now today. If they could trade for LeBron, I, I would, but he's untraded. But he, but, he, can't be, he can't be traded. But he's not in his prime by any stretch of the imagination. So I still think building the super team can be a thing as long as it's built the right way. You know what I mean? Like you put you put Devin Booker and Giannis and Tentacumpo on the same team. Okay. Okay. That team's winning a bunch of championships. Okay. I, got a, I got a question for you. Play out the season. Suns do not win the championship. They okay. lose to the Clippers. They lose to somebody. They do not win a championship. You get to the offseason when LeBron is eligible to be traded, and then the Nets want to trade Kevin Durant. Who would you take if you if you could trade for either one of those two guys, LeBron or Kevin Durant? LeBron. I would, too. LeBron. I would, too. I'm cu- I, I mean, I would, too. LeBron. Um just the physical specimen that he is. Durant's 34. I feel, like he's, I, I feel like he's built to hold up a little bit better, number one. Yeah. And number two, he's going to be, oof. I know he's old. Oh, he's old. But boy, is he. I mean, I know he's hurt right now. But when he plays, he's a beast, man. He's still he's a monster out there. He'll be 38 years old next month. I would still take LeBron. He's got I, four years older than Durant. You give me, I can give me, give me his birthday for all I care. I'm still taking LeBron. But I'm just saying, like, because you can't, like, LeBron can't be traded now. But you get to, no, I know, you get to the next. It's season. a hypothetical. You're, you're, and and I, I don't think either one would happen. I'd rather take LeBron. The pedigree of the but, championships. But, but wouldn't he, if the Suns don't win it this year, then that's three years of a run on a really good team that didn't win it. Mm-hmm. There might be a lot of pressure to go do something like that. Oh, yeah. You had the run, you lost to Milwaukee, then you lost to Dallas, and then whoever you lose to this year, that's three years of having a really, really good team that hasn't been able to get them over the hump. Then you factor in a new owner that's going to want to make a splash and send some money and spend some money. I hope so. One of those guys could be, yeah, they may, you might want to go after if, one of those if guys. If one of those guys are available. Um but yeah, I would go LeBron. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the shows. Burns and Gambo's podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. We had a great, insightful conversation with Steve Keim about the state of his team and the state of the organization. You'll hear that conversation, all of it, next on the Burns and Gambo Show.